0: Welcome back.
1: Guess who is back?
0: Episode three.
1: Episode three. I have to be honest when I say that I honestly thought we would have quit by now.
0: Yeah, true. <laughs> true.
1: I'm very proud that we have an episode three.
0: Yeah, I mean it's been. I mean it's definitely been crazy, sort of getting this all together. Uh, by now, we have officially uh, launched.
1: We have. So we that have was launched. really exciting yes thank you to all three of the people who are listening no i'm just kidding it was more than three
0: i think it was like 22 (laughs) it
1: was not a lot but it was more than three
0: yeah definitely but i will say we do have almost 70 followers on our instagram page so i'm looking at every single one of you
1: um we're watching you oh oh we're watching
0: um, but definitely excited for this episode today.
1: Yeah, yeah, it should be very fun. It should be, um, very exciting. Today we are talking about vampires.
0: Vampires. I am a vampire, I am a vampire. suckers. Yes. Stalkers of the night.
1: That was probably a really hard S. I regret that. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> for that very hard S. <laughs> But yes, vampires. Vampires are our topic today, and there's so many directions to go in.
0: I just really, really love the vampire lore. You know what I mean? Like, especially uh, in pop culture, like, you get, like, there are so many references. I mean, you, like, come on. The Lost Boys is definitely mm-hmm. probably one of my favorites. That's true. I that mean, is one of your favorites. Kiefer Sutherland as the, uh mm-hmm. That yeah. fucking, uh, that mullet, that blonde, like, mm-hmm. short on top, long in the back. I mean, he could get it any time. Mm-hmm.
1: I think I would probably have to go with Lestat. That's okay. my favorite. I, I feel like that's just, I mean, it's probably basic, but I gotta go there. He's just so cute.
0: I feel that, though.
1: Yeah, I just can't. What is it about vampires that are so sexy?
0: I don't know. I think it's, they're dangerous. They are. You know what I mean? They're they mysterious, are. yeah. So they sort of have this uh, allure behind them.
1: Well, if you think about it, so vampires descend in the dead of night, and they penetrate women with their fangs, mm-hmm. right? And it's usually women, but not always. And they take what they want, and then they leave. Mm-hmm. So in any other context. I mean, rape anybody? I <laughs> mean, some rape action? I mean, it kind of sounds like very rapey. But in but it's interesting how people have kind of taken the vampire lore, because obviously it didn't start off as very sexual, um, but they've kind of taken it and run with it. And I was that was something that I was particularly interested in researching, actually, this week. And so um, even as far back as, like, the, big, the very beginnings of the vampire lore. Um, there was a poet, for all you literature nerds, um, who was a contemporary of Lord Byron, um, who in 1819 wrote a poem called The Vampire. And I recommend, it's way too long for me to read here, but I recommend that everybody go read it. It's very cool. Um, and that way you can reference it at dinner parties and seem like you have your shit together right. and you're very cultural because you're referencing
0: vampire
1: Lord Byron era. And goth I just stuff.
0: Want to say we are uh, totally in the. Sort oh, we of are. Vibe we forgot to tell of them
1: because this is a podcast and you can't see what we have right now. But, but we are currently surrounded by candles, which we are every episode
0: because in- we record
1: only by candlelight. Exactly.
0: But instead of our hot tea today, this is true.
1: We're going to be slurping something else in your ear.
0: We are slurping down this wine that I purchased uh, a couple months ago from world market it is called vampire wine and it comes in a really really cute little black cardboard coffin coffin it's too cute um so yeah and i just want to take a quick cheers to oh yeah my, we should. um you know other half here of the haunted heart and just say congratulations again on episode three on the
1: fact that we're here um, and that
0: we're here we're doing this damn thing and um yeah, so let's get into it. Cheers. Cool. That's not as bad as I thought it was going to no, be. No, that's not. I thought it was going to be terrible. It's got a. It,
1: do they call that a long finish or is that like an aftertaste? At what point do we get into. Honey, a long finish. <laughs> that's me
0: on a Saturday night, honey. <laughs>
1: Also, we should probably mention that Vampire has not sponsored us. No. No, they haven't. They haven't spanked us either.
0: (laughs) I mean, they could. (laughs) I
1: mean, mean, you should always stay open. That's my motto. Uh, But they haven't sponsored us. We have no sponsorship, obviously. We already talked about this on the last episode Trash Talent. No sponsorship. Exactly. (laughs) No actual skills or abilities.
0: But Either. the sort of vibe that we've got going on with the wine and the candles just really sort of lends itself to that sort of sexual um, vibe that
1: I mean are you trying to like tell me about. something?
0: Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a long lead-in. That's like
1: a 15-year lead-in sir. We <laughs> have been friends not. for 15 years. No, 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 no. So, anyway, I appreciate the segue effort that you were making. I appreciate it. Um. Anyway, we first got sexy with vampires on film in 1971 in the film Dracula vs. Frankenstein. And I haven't seen that film, I'm sad to say, but we are going to watch that film because if you Google the poster for that movie, mm-hmm. it is, like, straight up pornographic level. Like, there's, like, Dracula, and then, of course, he's, like, standing behind this, like, super big boob having, like vixen looking lady and then there's two other women that are like on their backs like with their knees spread open for like really no reason and they're they're kind (laughs) of like photoshopped it's very it's odd
0: i don't think they had photoshop back then but
1: (laughs) i don't know they're just like drawn like slightly like on a tilt on the front of the poster it's very odd um but we're gonna watch that film
0: i Um, haven't seen it which is you know i'm all about watching the horror movies so i'm down
1: yeah, it should be good, too, because it's from the 71, when stuff was raw. But that was the first actual, that movie had the first actual sex scene. And I think it had sex scenes, because it was described as almost pornographic.
0: Well, back then. Is it really? I don't know, though. I've was seen it...
1: some movies from the 70s where it's like, wow. I mean.
0: Ahead of their time.
1: Huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. So we'll have to report back on that one. But anyway, um, then from there, it just got more sexual. Um, Bram Stoker's Dracula from 1992, which I have seen. That's the one that features Gary Oldman as Uh Dracula. That one was super sexual. Yeah. And I remember, like, that that movie, Gary Oldman in that movie was doing the most.
0: See, Little Me, when I was watching that, was less concerned with The sexual part of it. And, like, I was... But Little me was definitely into the fashion. Like, I (laughs) love... That's true. I love the costume design in that movie. It was fantastic. It was.
1: It was. Gary Oldman in that film... There's something there. Because I don't usually... Like, I don't think Gary Oldman is attractive. Um, Mm, No. I kind of feel like he looks like his name. Yeah. And that's about as far as I'm going to go on that one. But... For some reason in that movie I just think he's so attractive With those stupid round glasses that he has Mm -hmm. Like uh, something about his like Movement or whatever Or maybe it's the fact that he sucks blood out of people I don't know Well, for whatever reason he does it for me in that movie And then obviously We have the more obvious references We have Twilight We have to mention Twilight We have True Blood Which was Uh, hypersexual
0: Very sexual
1: um, and we have Anne Rice. Yeah. Um, so, basically, I kind of researched what um, actual scientist people had to say about why human beings put so much um, sexuality into the vampire lore because it really wasn't there from the beginning. Um, it was much more, if you go back to the early... Um early tales of vampirism it was much more like werewolves where it was about consuming mm-hmm. something but then like we had this weird shift where it all became like super sexy um and basically um what they there was a really really good I have to call out this article there was a really good article on NBC news of all places Um, And it was called Sexploration. Did you know that there's a section of NBC News' website that is called Sexploration?
0: Well, I didn't, but now that I do, I feel very informed.
1: Yes. It is so interesting. I was like, okay, NBC News, way to go, way to educate. Um, But yeah, so on this exploration section of their website, um, this doctor whose last name is Styles, thank you, cut cut and paste, um, she (laughs) said that... um, Fetishism, deviance, and perversion all play out in vampire literature. Uh, The sexual undercurrents are not hard to see. You have penetration and an exchange of bodily fluids. Mm -hmm. And the vampire has mesmeric powers. He's very seductive. And it's an easy, veiled way to write about sex without censorship, which I hadn't actually considered.
0: Hmm, That makes sense.
1: Yeah. It's kind of exploring fetishism and things like that that people might be uncomfortable with in more of a real life situation than in a fantasy setting all of a sudden they can kind of open up and explore those things with submissive and dominant personalities and BDSM and
0: And I kind of sort of see a little bit of that like with other horror movies of, you know, the time or a little bit earlier like if you think about it there's always that sort of helpless like woman or damsel in distress who's sort of being abducted by the monster like if you look at the creature um from the black lagoon or you look at you know even like even king kong like you know what i mean there's always that sort of like submissive like you know character who's sort of being taken she's being um grabbed and enveloped by this uh monster this sort of energy and so that sort of lends itself to the that sort of, like, submissive, uh, BDSM sexual yeah. undertones, I sort of feel like.
1: Yeah, and I think it's also a way, and this may be, like, um, I think it's cool that the vampirism lore can kind of be sort of a veiled way of exploring fetishism and things like that. Maybe the neg- the more negative side of that, just to be a negative Nancy, um, the more negative side of that is like it's kind of a way to explore sexuality with the woman still being like not really an engaged part of it. Does that right. make sense? Right. Like she it's kind of like you don't you don't doubt, and they kind of got into this a little bit in that exploration article, that um you don't dislike the woman or judge the woman or make any like think poorly of her because she you know all of this is being done to her you know she's not she's like an object sort of objectified but it's like yeah it, it's it's kind of which is why i kind of like things like true blood because it kind of it took that and then redefined it because sookie in true blood is very I mean, <laughs> she's a troublesome character i have i have had my issues with with sookie uh definitely um Anna Paquin, fight me. But, (laughs) no, so I liked what True Blood did with kind of redefining that because the women in that were very much not helpless. They were not, you know, the victims of vampires. Instead, Mm -hmm. in a lot of cases, they were, you know, actively pursuing vampires or actively being pursued by, you know. So it was just kind of a, I enjoyed that redefining of of the medium. In a
0: way, you know, she sort of controlled them. Yeah. You yeah. Know what I mean,
1: it definitely, in a really handicapped and dumb way, <laughs> a lot of the times. Uh, it wasn't perfect, but it was a step in the right direction moving towards, you know. Um, I'm trying to think of films that have empowered female vampires, but I can't think of Well, Underworld. It, but is she a werewolf? I thought she no, was a werewolf. No, no, no. She's a vampire. Oh, she's not a lichen.
0: No, she's a vampire. She, she was
1: in love with a lichen. Yeah. Okay. There we go.
0: Yeah, yes. so also crossing boundaries there. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, She was very powerful. She's so hot. Um, and, you know, and another one that I actually, um, and you'll have to forgive me because I have not seen this in a while, but an um, in interview with the vampire, um, the little girl. Mm. Cla- um,
1: I want to say Claudette. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm wrong.
0: Well, but anyway, her I like I really sort of appreciate like, yes, she's a little girl, but she's still very powerful, yeah, you know, so I think you know characters like that sort of um uh really interest me. I love a good kick ass mm-hmm. female vampire,
1: and I feel like we can't we can't do a vampire episode without mentioning let the right one in. I haven't seen that, you haven't seen that, Nope. oh my God, it's so good. I wish I had studied more on it. I Claudia.
0: Claudia, Claudia was her name. I knew it started Claudia. with the C. There you
1: go. Not Claudette. Claudette is from Georgia. <laughs> Potentially also a vampire. Yeah. But a nice old southern lady vampire. Yeah. No, let the right one in is so good. It's it's either Swedish or Norwegian I'm probably entirely wrong I know they did a remake of it but you should watch the original one um it's really 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 good they kind of um it it plays with that um that part of vampire mythology where they can't come into your house unless you invite them in and yeah. there's a really beautiful scene involving that, and I don't want to ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen it. But it used to be on Netflix. I think it may still be on there. I think it is. I think I've I'm, seen it. I'm sure you can stream it from somewhere. If not, but I would definitely recommend that everybody take a look at that. It's such a that film is such a beautiful work of art. Um, I mean, it, it transcends horror. It's it's really work of art. You should check it out.
0: I'll have to do that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's um, and oh, and we can't also forget um, uh, Lady Gaga american horror story oh yeah the countess for sure totally that's they. yeah um
1: that was kind of a redefining as well
0: lo- i mean just oh sh- yes 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 all the way around mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. um
1: your boy here's got a jawline for <laughs> days. days i know you were waiting on it you were waiting that's my favorite line from that whole like season of that show.
0: Yeah, that was good. Because if you
1: if you watch that scene, she doesn't actually ever finish the word days. Like I'm pretty sure they just cut the shot. Like and she start, just goes
0: day. And then they just start playing Hotel California. Yeah, and like they, they just, just play her
1: out. Off. Like she just she doesn't actually finish the word day. <laughs> days. So. Which is beautiful. I want to meet my dream is to date a guy and meet his mom. And have the first thing I say to her be, (laughs) your boy there's got a jawline for days. Like, I just want to do that. And then probably the relationship is over. Because I don't know how you come back from that.
0: I don't know either. (laughs) So.
1: So, anyway, tangent. Yeah. Tangent tangent train. Um, We are on it. But... We're drinking wine. We are drinking wine, honey.
0: So we're we're getting there. We're getting to that point. It's
1: also hot.
0: You know, it's hot. Well, we have thirty-seven candles lit.
1: Well, yes, and and it is seventy-seven outside. What? And and you turned off my fan before we started this. Okay, I'm just not trying to have all that terrible noise on our high-quality podcast. My thighs are sweaty.
0: You're not wearing pants.
1: Specifically, my thighs and only my thighs. Is that a sign of a disease? Like, is that some particular kind of cancer? What's going on?
0: Maybe it's vampirism.
1: You Just really sweaty thighs. <laughs> Everybody forgot to mention it in the literature, but your thighs are just very sweaty. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Maybe. Um, My thighs get sweaty when I watch Queer Eye, the yeah. new season, or the new series, when I watch Antony.
0: That sounds like a good vampire name, doesn't it?
1: I've, what if he is a vampire? What if he is a queer vampire who specializes in making delicious food, also is adorable in that cute little boy next door way. I'm in love with a gay man. I am in love with a gay man, and his name is Anthony.
0: Well, yeah. Yeah, I would have to completely agree. But, um, you know, we're talking all of this about uh, how sexual and sexy vampires are and how much, you know, uh, you want to get fanged. Um, <laughs>
1: Get fanged. Um, but I like that. That should be a t-shirt.
0: Yeah, get fanged, man. That'll we'll sell that one along with uh, hashtag Trash Talent.
1: There you go. We'll sell it to who? To ourselves. <laughs> to, to ourselves as the. I'm answer. getting. We're, I'm
0: gonna uh, print it on my new uh, little t-shirt uh, press uh, press that I'm gonna get. Yeah, so I'm gonna make it God. for
1: us. We're so sad. We are so <laughs> sad. Please listen to. Hey, our podcast. I think we
0: are so talented. Right now,
1: <laughs> so talent.
0: Um, but okay, we actually have yeah. to talk about no. vampires at
1: some point in this episode. We have got to actually talk about vampires. Well, the history of People vampires. People are going to think we didn't do um, any Google searches.
0: And vampirism, um, you know, it's very um, long. There's, but it's not as clear as one you know sort of might would think. Mm. You know, before we had all the you know the perfect hair before. Uh, The 80s party vampire before Stoker and Lugosi. um, There have always existed tales uh, of the vampire. And as humans, one of our most ancient fears is what? That of the unknown. Mm -hmm. Or death. Mm -hmm. uh, Specifically. Um, And during times of tragedy is typically where you can find tales of the vampire sort of creeping up from the coffin. Mm -hmm. Um, Specifically times of plague. And disease mm-hmm. um, before forensics and science ever became a thing, people had no idea why certain things happened. Uh, they had no idea uh how germs spread or why the body does certain things after death. And as humans, naturally, we had to, you know, create a reasoning behind that. Um, and of course, you know, vampires sort of uh became a part of that history. Um so if say a person were to fall ill, the belief was that someone was making them ill from beyond the grave mm. this uh, spirit or entity was sucking the life force um, out of the living
1: I'm gonna try that next time I have to call out a work I'm just yeah. gonna say that a spirit beyond the grave <laughs> is, sucking is sucking my life a force. Life force out of me and see if that works for a sick day
0: what you would need to do or what i would as your boss i would tell you that you would then need to protect yourself from those beings uh and then come to work oh god (laughs) (laughs) and you know they're just come to
1: work draped in garlic exactly just garlic everywhere a suit of garlic
0: now there are different methods that have been discovered uh all across the world um and in some places, they'd shove a stone in the deceased's mouth because they believed that prevented them from coming back and feasting on the living. So mm. you could, we could shove a stone in your mouth, Katie. <laughs> mm. um, sometimes they would stake them. Sometimes they'd burn them or decapitate them, um, which is still all modern sort of aspects of vampirism that we sort of see today, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's sort of where that came from and because we had no idea how decomposition worked when we'd dig up these bodies sometimes they'd see like this nasty fluid and blood around the mouth or you know the gums would recede and expose the teeth um or even when people were buried alive because Mm -hmm. that happened quite often Mm -hmm. which is terrifying Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and they had the scratch marks to prove it Mm -hmm. in the coffin. Because
1: that was a thing, because they had to start putting the bells with the string that went all the way down Uh into the coffin because they had buried... Think about this. You've probably already heard this story. But, like, take a second, listen to it as though you're hearing it for the first time, and really comprehend the words that I am saying to you. They buried so many people alive that they had to find a solution for burying people alive. Exactly. Like, what if you were on the front end of that curve when everybody was getting buried, freaking alive? But anyway, if you haven't if you haven't heard the, what the solution was, they would basically have a bell. Um, up by the gravestone and then they would run a string down through the grave and all the dirt and stuff and into the coffin so that if you suddenly woke from a deep slumber and found yourself a buried (laughs) six feet under, you could pull the string and then ring the bell.
0: Could you imagine? Like, I would be so pissed. I would come back up and I would just look at every fucking body. definitely the worst day. Mother. Excuse you.
1: I mean... (laughs) Well, see, and then what started happening was as you decay, like um, I'm like really weird. So I watch all the documentaries on body farms and things like that and what happens with decomposition and what various stages of decomposition are. As you decay, your body lets off a lot of gases and like as stuff is like decaying, like a lot of pressure builds up. And then sometimes what would happen is that all the bells would start ringing at once. In the, in the graveyard, so that's why you have a graveyard keeper. It's not just to be a creepy horror trope. It actually was a thing at, at one point in time.
0: Yeah. Um, and, you know, what's really kind of gross, though, is that, um, you know, if they ever thought that someone was a vampire and they would, you know, exhume them, see this, like, you know, blood or whatever, you know, whatever bodily fluid was being, you know... There's a lot. There's a lot of
1: options um, for bodily gases. fluids.
0: Um they would sometimes could consume the flesh of the, the blood. proposed yeah. vampire. Yeah. So
1: people would dig people up and if they thought they were vampires, they uh-huh. would eat them. Yep.
0: They would grind their bones um and their or sometimes drink their blood because they felt that, that was because they felt that it was protecting them from the vampire like it was killing the vampire Um, which is a great way to prevent the plague from spreading right Right? let's
1: just just eat a lot of decomposing people
0: like yeah that's a great solution um and but what's really interesting is that in parts of the world where cremation was a common practice you don't find too many stories of vampirism
1: Hmm, interesting yeah because that's it like right done.
0: you're yeah there's no that you're 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 dust hmm. so and so go, going <laughs> into that uh there's actually a case that happened here in America um you know we've heard of dracula um mm-hmm. but have you ever heard of mercy brown
1: i have not heard of mercy ooh, brown
0: ooh mercy brown she was a part of the great new england vampire scare you know they had them new englanders you know They go from one thing or another versus witches, witches,
1: vampires, you know,
0: vampires. Exactly. So she lived in Rhode Island. Um, and she was essentially, um, this was like late 19th century, um, civil war casualties had taken the toll on the community that they were living in. Uh, the new railroads that were promised to come in didn't. Um, and by 1892, the year Lena died, uh her hometown population had dipped uh to just nine hundred and sixty-one from more than almost three thousand. Wow. Um, farms were abandoned, uh seized and burned by the government. Um, so it was a really trying time. Uh and tuberculosis was uh, a huge part of that, or consumption, uh as it was called, uh, it had started to, you know, plague the area. Um, and this poor girl, um, had fallen victim. Her, the Brown family, um, began to succumb to the disease and her mother died first. Um, her sister was 20 years old and a dressmaker, died the next year. Um, and, you know, herself, she followed shortly after. Uh, and then her brother, this is where it starts to get really interesting. Her brother um, was described as a big husky young man.
1: Mm. Mm. <laughs> I can't believe um, that word was around even then. Oh, yeah. Even husky then. Husky was then. A big husky young man. 1992. You can't escape the husky. Actually, I don't think it's a thing now. I don't think they subject J. kids C. to Penny, that JC Penney
0: early 90s, you are a 12 husky.
1: God, I remember that. <laughs> They had that shit for girls too. Like it was not just a guy thing. True. Right? No, I
0: know. Cuz I wore them. I was a husky in oh a God, short, God. a That's jean incredible. short. I was a husky. A jort. Yeah. Guys, can we
1: just take a moment to collectively mourn our past yeah.
0: of of
1: freaking husky sized jorts?
0: Well, so then, you know, so he was a healthy man is what they're trying to say. Mm-hmm. He was a strong man.
1: I respect so, it. It takes a lot to be husky in 1890. Exactly. So, so he
0: started getting sick. So what did they say, you know, um, go change your climate. Go to Colorado Springs. That'll improve your health.
1: You know, that's what <laughs> that's what doctors will tell you now. The other day, my doctor told me that. Did he really? Just go to Colorado Springs and then <laughs> you will go, be healthy.
0: Just travel. <laughs> just get a change travel of climate.
1: Specifically to Colorado Springs. Let's, you know, we have
0: disease, <laughs> right? So let's travel. And spread that.
1: My thing is, I can never travel to Colorado Springs because I watch Homicide Hunter Joe Kenda. And, like, that's about all these horrible crimes that he solved in Colorado Springs. So I can't go there. It's not in my safe list of places.
0: Well, yeah. I'm sorry, everyone from Colorado Springs who's listening to this. Well, he came back. He came back in a dying condition. See,
1: there you go. (laughs) There you go. Get out of Colorado
0: Springs. So, um,. So yeah, not a very good uh, fate for him. But sort of what you know, the townspeople sort of came together, and they were also fearful, feel fearful for their own health. Um, you know, they really just weren't content with praying for him. <laughs> <laughs> so they were like, "No, something's wrong. Something's going on." So they essentially accused uh, his family members from beyond the grave of being vampires and huh. causing, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, causing his illness from beyond the grave. Um, And they were secretly feasting on the living tissue um, and the blood um, Mm -hmm. of Edwin. And they sort of persuaded him that if the offending corpse, um, and they did use the term vampire, uh, was discovered and destroyed, then he would obviously recover. From his Mm. illness. Hmm. Um, So the neighbors asked to exhume the bodies in order to check for fresh blood in their hearts. So, you know, they gave permission. And on the morning of March 17th, 1892, a party of men dug up the bodies as the family doctor and a journal correspondent looked on. Um, After nearly a decade, Lena's sister and mother were were barely more than bones. Lena, though, had been dead only a few months and she had been buried in the wintertime. So her body was still fairly well-preserved because of that. Mm. Uh, But again, looking back on it, they look and see, okay, she's been dead for a couple months. She's well-preserved. This is the offending spirit or vampire. Um, Her heart and liver uh, was removed. And in cutting open the heart, clotted and decomposed blood was found. And during this impromptu autopsy, the doctor again emphasized that Lena's lungs uh, showed diffuse tuberculose germs, um, but undeterred the villagers. Which
1: I'm sure was really safe
0: to, be touching, to cut, open cut open tuberculosis
1: exactly. lung and just suck all that down.
0: Well, here's where, well, here we go. So the villagers, uh, <laughs> they didn't care. <laughs> so uh, they burned her heart what and a science. liver on a nearby rock and fed Edwin the ashes. Of his sister.
1: Huh, of his sister's tuberculosis
0: riddled corpse. Exactly. Um, and Seems
1: healthy. It seems he, like an
0: answer. Well, he died less than two months later. There you go. Hmm. <laughs> huh. Um, mm. But what's really interesting about this story is that, you know, obviously this started making headlines Um, It made um, The New York World, uh, which found its way into the papers of a London stage manager and aspiring novelist named Bram Stoker whose theater company was touring the United States that same year. His gothic masterpiece, Dracula, was published in 1897. Now, some scholars have said that there wasn't enough time for the news accounts to have influenced the Dracula manuscript, yet others see Lena in the character of Lucy, her very name uh, sort of being um, a merger of Lena and Mercy, uh, a consumptive-seeming teenage girl turned vampire who is exhumed in one of the novel's most memorable scenes. Fascinatingly, a medical doctor presides over Lucy's disinterment, just as one oversaw Lena's. Or Mercy. I should say Mercy. It was Lena, uh, but they, her name was Mercy, but they did call her Lena. Oh, okay.
1: So, so that was like her nickname. Yeah. Okay.
0: So it was an interesting correlation. I kept correlation. wondering why Lena
1: kept coming up. I was like, who is this?
0: Yeah, no, they, um, that's what it was. Her, her nickname was Lena and Mercy, so that's why they sort of get Lucy from that, from, uh, from the novel. Mm, so mm -hmm. some people say that you know it's was it's you know just a coincidence but it's interesting to think about it is no there are some similarities there between the two cases which i thought was really interesting i mean
1: i feel like 1892 1897 that's only like five years and then like a time before netflix and all this other shit that wastes our time you could probably write a novel in like three or four years I mean, people write a novel in like a month, like November is National Novel Writing Month.
0: Well, the New York Clipping, the, well, the, the the news happened in 1896. Oh, so okay. So we've the, got like a the year. The article happened in 1896. So that's when he found it or oh. read about it. And then his, his novel came in um, 1897. But Maybe I mean, he was
1: just feverishly inspired
0: yeah I mean, or that or he could have added it in late. you know what I mean, like yeah. he could have added it in. Um, I just I think it's an interesting coincidence uh, to talk about, so mm.
1: um, yeah,
0: but yeah, Very that's sort of the case of Mercy Brown, America's uh, most famous vampire, actually.
1: Well, you know, vampires um and we kind of talked about this a bit, they're not necessarily you you mentioned that in cultures that cremate their dead, they're less prevalent. But vampires are a global phenomenon. I mean, it's there there are stories from we always think of like Romania or Transylvania or creepy places like that where um I say that jokingly. I've Romanian Transylvania are like <laughs> not actually. Yeah. Anyway, um well, Transylvania is not real. So, I guess I guess I don't have to worry about offending
0: Transylvanians.
1: Transylvanians cuz I don't that's not real. That's not a real thing. Um Anyway, Romini, I love you. I'm sorry. God, I feel like I'm just digging a hell of a hole to get out of. Anyway, global phenomenon. But you may not think of Australia as a particularly vampire-heavy society. Here we go, back in Australia. Back in Australia. (laughs) That's actually the theme of our podcast. It's not actually like Haunted Heart and creepy things and like... Dark topics. It's actually just a podcast about Australia. About the
0: horrible things that come out of Australia. Every episode is about Australia. We could probably have an episode dedicated to Australia.
1: We probably should, actually. We should write that down. Anyway, Australia, specifically Brisbane, which is located in Queensland, Australia. I have been there, but I have only been to the airport, so I can't really count it. Um, October 1989. So very recent, somewhat. Two months after I was born. Exactly. It must be too much of a coincidence. No. Um, <laughs> Brisbane, Queensland, Australia, October 1989. We have a group of four women. We have Tracy Wigginton. Nice. We have Lisa Tashinsky.
0: Good, good. That's
1: a really good name for the mic. I feel like this is going to go well. Good. Tashinsky. Lots of shh. We have Kim Jervis. Okay. And we have Tracy Woe. Whoa. Whoa. Um, And this, if you don't recognize any of those names, specifically Tracy Wigginton, um, is the story of the lesbian vampire murderer?
0: Ooh, lesbian. Yes. Serving you some lesbian vampire realness. I on the am
1: serving today. lesbian vampire murderer realness for you. Um, Australian lesbian vampire murderer realness. Yeah. So, Tracy Wiginton, um, and Lisa Pichin uh, to. Tashinsky, um, they are actually dating. So Tracy's 25, Lisa's 24. They met at a gay club in Brisbane, and they shared an obsession with the occult. Nice. And they met Kim Jervis and Tracy Woe, who are both age 23. Um, I think, I'm not sure if they also met them at that same club, or if they, I'm not sure how they came into the picture, but basically you have this group of women who are all interested in the occult. Um, and things of that nature. And Tracy um, professes to be a vampire. Mm. So all of this comes out kind of after the fact, but um, apparently, um, well, we'll get into that a little bit later. Basically what happens is they're walking home from the club one night. They come across Edward Balduck. Um, Edward Balduck was a father of five he was 47 years old. And he was walking home from the pub. I think they call it a pub in Australia, not okay. a bar. Okay. Um, um. He's walking home from the pub. He's pretty intoxicated. Um, they said that they thought he was pretty... I mean, he was more than a little bit buzzed. He was, like, pretty well, heavily yeah, drunk. drunk. Yeah. I mean, he was on one.
0: Um, Tore out the frame, as, Drake as would they say. say.
1: <laughs> yes. He was, he was definitely on one. Um, and he runs into these women... And they lure him into their car um, at a place called Kangaroo Point, um, which is by this river, Brisbane River, I think is what it's called. Um, I'm not from Australia. Please don't sue me. Um, So the girls lure Balduck into their car, and then they drive him a little ways down the road next to this river. um, And they lure him, obviously, with the – well, maybe not obviously, but they lure him with the promise of sex um, and – they take him a little ways down the road, and then Tracy Wigginton stabs him twenty-seven times. Damn. I watched this documentary. Um, it was actually a really it was a pretty decent documentary. It was called um, Great Crimes and Trials. Um and I don't know if it's specific to Australia, but everybody had an accent and it was beautiful. Um it was much better than this because all these like cool names, like Wiginton, like they were pronounced like The way they're supposed to be. Um, But I highly recommend it. It's free. It's on YouTube. Um, The detective on that show, though, said that the only thing holding Edward Baldock's head to his body was just the spine. Ooh. They said that he was, his throat was basically slit ear to ear, and he was found totally naked wearing only socks.
0: Damn. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was very, 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 very
0: brutal. Um, so so was it just the one girl that did so was it just the one girl who did it or well that's
1: what we get into with the trial so detectives find this detectives find edward baldock um on you know by this river because they just left him there um with 27 stab wounds and they they identified him because his atm card was in his wallet um and so they you know, very quickly, one of the first things I'm sure that they would do is to look for a wallet. And he still had his wallet on him. They pulled out his ATM card, and it had his name on it. So that's how they ID'd the body. Um, and then, interestingly, his shoes were found a little ways away. Um, they so they the girls didn't take anything with them. Um, his shoes were found a little ways away, and in his shoe was another ATM card that had Tracy Wigginton's name on
0: it. Interesting.
1: So her ATM card was found in his shoe, Um, and that's how they kind of got her. So relatively quickly, they were able to arrest her. She was sentenced in 1991, almost immediately. Her sentencing lasted nine minutes. (laughs) That was how long the deliberation lasted of the jury. Um, And then she was found unanimously guilty um, and sentenced to life imprisonment. Um, And then the other three women um, were, were also tried. But that's when things kind of got interesting, because up until this point, you know, it was just a a murder that was unusual because it was perpetrated by women, particularly a group of women, but it it hadn't picked up national news coverage yet. So when the other three women, um, Lisa, Kim, and the other Tracy, Tracy without an E, Tracy Woe, were um, charged... They claimed that they were innocent and under the spell of a lesbian vampire killer, one Tracy Wigginton. Mm. So, um, the women, um, Lisa Paczynski in particular, um, said that Tracy couldn't eat solid food, that she had to drink blood. Um, They said that she had had animal blood, and Lisa also said that she had slit her wrists to feed Tracy blood. Um, and the girls, uh, they were all into it. They were really all kind of jiving on that occult train, um, which can be a scary place to be. The Sounds occult train. like
0: a, a, a solid, healthy relationship.
1: Yeah. I feel like, okay, here's the thing. We're going to take a moment out. If you are currently in a relationship in which you are having to slit your own wrists so that your partner can literally feed off of you, you should go. Call somebody, call anybody. Heck, call call us. Can we give our phone number out? Can uh, do absolutely that? Should not. we not? I'm not call involved. somebody. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you who to call. Call call nine one one.
0: I'm not involved. I'm more of the idea. Hey, as long as there's consent, you, y'all do you. But you know, like, you have me. to go. I'm
1: gonna put my foot down and slitting your wrist to feed your partner blood. Because if somebody is literally feeding off of you, like the metaphorical meaning of that, just all of it, it's not good.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not, but you know, people gonna do what they do sometimes. It's so. not good.
1: I'm gonna say call somebody. But basically, Lisa. Um, so these are the stories that Lisa's saying, um, and the other girls are backing it up. Um, apparently, all four of them had hatched a plan to kill someone to feed Tracy, um, and they attempted to actually do this a couple times before they had gone to the gay club um, that they frequented with um, knives. All of them were carrying knives and kind of like a an active premeditation mm-hmm. for sure. I um,
0: mean, you could just take me to the McDonald's, so get me a twenty-piece chicken McNugget, honey, and you'll feed me, right? With <laughs> mustard. Yeah. I mean, that's all I have. You, go. you can go to the gay club all, all you need. want to, honey. <laughs> right. and then, listen, Katie, I'll buy you a chicken McNugget. You buy me a chicken McNugget. <laughs> there we go. I'm feeding you. You're it's feeding a beautiful me. relationship. Nobody's is, slitting any wrists. That is a healthy relationship. Neither one of
1: us. Unless they forget my honey mustard. In which case, you better open or up. Or the fucking sriracha mayo sauce that, that they sweet, refuse sweet to give ketchup. me.
0: So and then, <laughs> and then that's when we become vampire murderers, Katie.
1: I mean, it's a slippery slope. So, anyway, to get back into this heavily serious topic. Um, the other girls said that Tracy acted alone. They said that they were there. Um, Tracy Woe said that she was in the car. And a couple of the other girls corroborated that. Um but the other girls said that Tracy stabbed um, stabbed Balduck so many times in the back that she actually made a hole about the size of a dinner plate in his back, mm. and that after she had finished stabbing him, she put her face to this hole and drank his blood, and then she went and washed off in the river, which was right beside the murder scene. Um, afterwards, the girls asked Wiggington if she'd fed, and she answered yes, and then they just Went home to their separate houses.
0: So she just dropped her ATM card while she was, like, trying to wash her face? Like, how did her ATM card uh, end up in yeah. his shoe? I mean, I
1: guess when you're stabbing somebody. I don't know. I'm... But in his shoe? Well, we'll get to that. So the girls went home. Uh, Kim Kim Jervis is the one who took the knife and washed washed it at her place. So she had the murder weapon. Um, Lisa Paczynski's defense... Uh, Tried to make it seem like she was depressed and suicidal. Basically, they focused a lot on her mental health issues and things like that. It didn't fly. She was convicted. Um, Tracy Woe... Lisa Paczynski was convicted of murder. Um, Tracy Woe attended court with her parents. Um, She was the only person who was tried... um, she was the only one of the women who was tried that her parents actually showed up to court with her. She did her hair she wore a really nice looking frock. They made a big point to call this out in the um, in the documentary because she really they said that she really did look the part of a girl her age so at twenty three um, she wore a nice frock, she did her hair, she brought her parents she didn 't wear makeup. They made a point to tell me that i don 't know why it's important. Um, But basically, she put forth this like good girl persona, and her defense was basically that she was a very good girl who got caught up in something that was beyond her control, and she was in the car the whole time, and blah, blah, blah. She actually didn't get convicted. Wow. Of anything. She was not convicted, Um, which is astounding to me. Um, In the end, Tracy Wigginton obviously was convicted. They took nine minutes to deliberate. She was sentenced to life in prison. Pachinski was convicted of murder. Jarvis was convicted of murder. And Woe was cleared? Interesting. hmm So Kim Jarvis was granted parole in 1996 after serving only five years. Keep in mind, that is the person who took the murder weapon home and cleaned the murder weapon. Five years in prison. In 2009, Lisa Paczynski, um was released on parole at age 43. And then in 2012... This is the part you're really going to love. In 2012, Tracy Wiginton, after filing four failed parole applications, was granted parole on her fifth application. Oh, wow. 2012, at the age of 47, I believe, which is particularly interesting. I think... I wish I had this detail. I'm pretty sure it was either for age 46 or age 47. But if you'll recall, Edward Baldock was age 47 when he died. But she was released at like age 46 or 47 on parole from prison after murdering
0: him. Mm.
1: Yeah. And she's totally free and in the clear. Ah
0: what's she up to now
1: (laughs) who knows she probably has another name i'm sure there are actually actually if you google this case or if you just google her name the articles that come up first are the articles written by australians bitching that now she's like living off of the government because nobody will hire her because she's a lesbian vampire murderer so it's like this weird welfare debate now in australia it's very interesting um but i still haven't answered your question
0: Oh, about the debit card Mm -hmm. or the ATM card.
1: So how did the bank card get into the shoe? How did it get in the shoe? I want to know. There are a couple of theories, but the most plausible one um, was put forth by detectives. Um, When Tracy took off a piece of her clothing, remember I told you that she was trying to seduce him, basically. Um, When she took off a piece of her clothing, it may have been a shirt or whatever, um, they think that her bank card fell out. And in the semi-darkness, Edward Balduck must have seen it. And he was always a very neat and tidy type person. So in the near-darkness, he must have seen it, thought it was his bank card.
0: And put it in his shoe. And
1: slipped it into his shoe. Actually, after the fact, because it was from the same bank, the cards looked exactly identical except for the name that was listed on it. So he could have totally thought it was his. Um, Tracy actually realized that she had lost her bank card and they returned to the scene later that night to get it. But she couldn't find it.
0: Because she didn't check the shoe.
1: Mm-hmm. And if if the, the detective who was in the documentary that I watched about it, he said that had that not happened, they may have never caught her. Because they had nothing to tie her to that crime. And, you know, it was back in, like... The late eighties, so they would have never believed. I mean, they even said this on the documentary themselves. They would have never believed that a woman would be guilty of this crime, much less a group of women could be guilty of a crime like this. I mean, Right? All it they, was so brutal.
0: All they would have to have done was put on, like you said, that girl, good girl persona, and mm-hmm. oh, I don't know, right? Oh, and uh, we're also like, I mean, you maybe could even play up the lesbian card. Like, I ain't got nothing to do with him. Why would I yeah. try to take him right. out to do some? I'm with, right. I'm with girls. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I could see it being. I mean, I could see that happening, which is. Yeah really uh uh which is really interesting that you know that one little moment where he saw that right. he happened to see that right. that atm card and put it in his mm-hmm. shoe mm-hmm. you know that caught his killer
1: right he i love stories like that where i mean I, I mean i hate don't get me wrong i hate stories like this because you still have the father of five children who is now gone and has been gone from those children's lives. Um, so it's still, it's still a terrible, terrible story. But I love when there's that little bit of redemption where, you know, that one thing that he did caught his killer. And if he hadn't had that, that was something that they talked about had kind of been a part of his personality forever. He was very neat and very tidy and very, you know, so even, you know, as drunk as he was at that particular time, that was still a key part of him. And yeah. it ended up being the thing that caught his killer. Wow. Yeah.
0: So. Reminder to start keeping things in my shoe now if, I see yeah, them out. if right? I'm out in the middle of nowhere. There you I go. i put it in my shoe. There you go. Keep it safe in mm-hmm. case you try to kill me.
1: hmm. Only I know the it. secret, so I know to check your shoes. Yeah, except. As does everyone do. else who listens to the Haunted Heart podcast. See, this is the information that we're giving you people practical things. Uh huh.
0: Very much so. Wow. Lesbian yeah. vampires. I, you lesbian know what? Vampire. Leave it, leave it to you to bring in the lesbian vampires. There you
1: man. go. I mean, you know, <laughs> you got to put a twist on it, right?
0: Yeah. And then that's the twist. I mean, you know, we got to talk about sex, you know, you got to talk about, uh, the nitty gritty sort of, uh, birth of how vampirism started and mm-hmm. consuming, you know, uh, plagued flesh yeah, to protect you know, just yourself a tuberculosis from the plague yeah oh, she it's had, a
1: delicacy she's a delicacy she
0: had tuberculosis give me a straw like yeah,
1: just kind of you know get in there
0: and uh that'll take care of you you know or you know if you're feeling under the weather go to go to colorado springs
1: there you go that is the key takeaway from this episode
0: in australia go
1: to colorado springs
0: you know, Australia has the, the lesbian vampires. Um, so I'm kind of interested to like sort of play a tiny, a fun little game. We've okay. been a little kind of kind of serious, but but not really. But I mean, you know, a little serious. It, it's been a little serious, but I think this is kind of fun. So this is um this is a little game I made up. Uh, and it's called stake or Take.
1: Stake or Take. All right.
0: Take tell to me the more. coffin.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> so I have a list mm. of very popular uh, vampires. So.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Vampire characters. And I'm going to go through and list two at a time. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you stake or Take. So if you awesome. stake one, that's the one that you're killing. If awesome. you're taking them, that's the one you're taking to the next okay. round.
1: Okay, you guys should play along with this and and like write down your answers or type out your answers or whatever and send them to us. You can email them to us, Haunted the Haunted at gmail.com, um, or you can comment on Instagram or yes. DM us on Instagram. Slide
0: up in them DMs. Slide up in them DMs. So Tiny. the Haunted
1: Heart Podcast at gmail.com or um, the Haunted Heart Podcast on Instagram. I think so. You'll find us.
0: And so I'm just curious to know which vampire will come out victorious for you. Okay, okay, okay. So first round, Bella Lugosi is Dracula. Oh, also, did you know that they buried him in his cloak? Yes, his Dracula cloak. I did know that. So cool.
1: I did know that. That's very
0: sweet. Or, Lestat.
1: Um, definitely Lestat. I respect Bella, but he could be like vampire granddaddy, not like. Not daddy.
0: So he's the one that you are going to take.
1: Yes, I will take let's dot. I will stake Bella.
0: Alright, so Bella is gone. Sorry, Bella. Bye. Bye. Okay. So round two. Mm-hmm. Celine from Underworld.
1: Ooh, she is really hot. I mentioned that.
0: Or Edward Cullen.
1: Um, definitely Celine. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Celine. Period.
0: So you're staking that damn I'm staking
1: Edward, Edward twice. I'm staking him <laughs>
0: are you, two times. Are you pulling the lesbian vampire and like... I am. Just destroying him.
1: I'm going to stake him twice.
0: Okay. Eric Northman.
1: Ooh, one of my favorites.
0: Or Bill Compton.
1: Eric Northman. Are you kidding me? That's not even... So I'm taking all. Every last bit okay. of edward northman and or eric oh my god did i say edward eric eric Eric. northman (laughs) he's so hot i don't even know his name um and i'm gonna stake bill compton like sookie should have done in freaking season (laughs) one okay i'm too invested in this game
0: (laughs) count von count from sesame street
1: oh my god or pam from true blood Oh my god you are taking my child love and pitting it against like the most badass lady i have to take pam
0: so you just, are gonna kill count von count with
1: tears in my eyes i am i'm gonna Who? cry the whole time who's
0: gonna count the bats for you
1: who's gonna you count know, the bats? the lessons that he has taught us will live on in us I okay. just love Pam though. How can you not love Pam? She's so she's yeah. so badass. Yeah, she's I just want her to boss me around for the rest of my exactly. life, please. Thank you.
0: Alright. Uh Blade from the movie Blade, Wesley Snipes. Okay. Or David from The Lost Boys. David. I gotta go David? with David.
1: I gotta I gotta take David and I got a stake. Uh-huh. I gotta stake Blade.
0: Yeah. Sorry, but, sorry, Blade. <sighs> but I like Blade.
1: I like all of them.
0: Okay. Except so. Edward.
1: Can I just stake Edward all the times that I have to choose to stake one of the other just cool Just everybody vampires? in Twilight? Can I just stake it's him just... like eight times?
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, Spike from Buffy. Okay. Or um, Dracula from Dracula Untold. Luke Evans. Oh.
1: Damn. This is a hard one. Um... Evans, isn't he? Wait, hang on. I'm trying to load a mental picture of him. He's not.
0: He's the one that your mother really likes. Your mother and I really like in Dracula Untold.
1: I think I choose him. I I think I choose him. I I did not have a thing for Spike. I I somehow avoided that thing that for Spike. I don't know why. I just it just didn't click for me.
0: All right. So now we're in the final round. Okay. So now we have your favorites. So. Oh, God. Who are you staking? Who are you taking to the coffin? Okay. Lestat or Celine? Oh. Oh.
1: I'm going to say. I'm going to say. Oh. I'm taking Celine. I have to oh. stake Lestat. I'm so oh, upset. No, no she's. Hot though, she's oh, gorgeous. God. Goodbye, stock. Cause if I pick her, she might also do my makeup every day. True. So I'm just All right. I'm just being practical, guys.
0: Eric Northman or Pam?
1: Eric or Pam? Oh my god. That's impossible. They're a package deal. Mm-mm. Okay, but realistically, if I staked either one of them, the other one would hate me forever. And
0: would kill you. <sighs> Most likely.
1: Okay, are we suspending that? No. Then I no. then I'm stuck, man. Oh, no.
0: You have to make a choice.
1: <sighs> okay. In my fictional universe, Pam must double cross Eric so that I then have to stake her with tears in my eyes and sadness and loss for my dominatrix beautiful badass lady. I will stake Pam and I will take Eric Northman. All right. He's just so smoking hot.
0: So now, David from the Lost Boys versus Luke Evans, Dracula. I
1: mm, I have more history with David with the Lost Boys. All right. There's just more there. So I'm going to take him and I'll stake uh, Luke okay. Evans.
0: Bye, Luke Evans. Mostly because oh, I, I keep, keep thinking
1: of Luke Owen. <laughs> no, Luke Wilson. <laughs> right. Owen Wilson's brother. That's literally all I, the, the whole time I'm picturing. Like, I know who Luke Evans is, but I can't stop picturing Luke Wilson in my head as a vampire. And he's just like the chillest vampire
0: ever. All right. Now, David or Eric Northman?
1: I have to pick Eric Northman. I'm sorry. Bye, David. So, I stake now which David. I, I take you're Eric. You're
0: left with Celine or Eric Northman. Oh, God.
1: So okay, talk to me about this. Do they like love me? Like both of them love me dearly.
0: Yeah, they're like okay. So your, they they don't
1: have because you know Eric was kind of a dick on the show. Like he was a little bit like take it or leave it. Like he was kind of the bad boy. Like you know, whatever. I'm just
0: gonna say that this would be your vampire both person. Super in love with me. This is who okay. you're gonna be with for eternity. Okay. This is your partner and
1: Celine too. She's not like into that like, in business. It's all about me. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. This okay. is all
0: about you. They're your partner. They're your vampire. Like for forever, for eternity.
1: Huh. Okay. Um. Gosh, this is so hard. Cause she's like the ultimate hottest female vampire, and he's like the ultimate hottest male vampire. Where does she live? I'm not sure. She lives in like some like fictional Transylvania like, place, Europe, right? Yeah, like
0: that sort of European like okay. sort. We don't have air conditioning there. Dark, but it's always cold.
1: It's always cold. There it is. Oh. Decisions made.
0: But Eric, Eric Northman's, Northman's from that area. Like he's Girl, from Girl, no. Cold. Eric Northman
1: lives in yeah, Louisiana, but, honey. Well now,
0: okay. So now we're okay. talking, I'm talking about like that's where he's from. But no, he lives babe. in Louisiana now. So right. that's where you'll be.
1: I, I have to stake Celine with, again Damn. with tears in my eyes and sadness. Hopefully she has taught me enough about makeup.
0: Savage.
1: And, and I have to take Edward, uh, Eric Northman's And I'm going to just Savage. always say his name wrong. Apparently. You know, I saw his crossbow when I was in uh, New Orleans. Really? Mm -hmm. They have a vampire shop there that is dedicated to, like, just vampires. I think it's called – it's not Esoterica. That's one of my witch shops. The vampire shop is, like – I don't know. If you Google vampire shop New Orleans, it'll come up for you. But, um, yeah, they have, like, all this really, really cool vampire stuff. And one of the things that they have, a lot of the um, props from True Blood were bought from that store. And they have a crossbow, the crossbow that was Eric Northman's. Nice. On the wall of the shop. Nice. Very cool. So, that's my vampire beloved.
0: I have to say, I would, out of all of those... I love David.
1: I I knew you were going to pick David. I freaking Uh, knew you were going to pick David.
0: I love David. Okay. Comma. I love, love, love David. There's a pause there. Listen, he's like 80s, right? Mm -hmm, Badass music. mm -hmm. Fucking badass style. Like, lots of just fucking leather. Fucking, like, just punk as fuck. Yeah. You know? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Um.
0: Got that little bit of scruff going, which is always attractive, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Hangs out in like a dark cave. Totally here for it. Um, but I think at the end of the day, I would probably take Luke Evans' as Dracula.
1: Really? Yeah. No I David. Think, no,
0: I think... Alright, so here's... If, if I was... Younger party version me. So essentially, um, if I was star in The Lost Boys, mm-hmm. I, you know what I mean? That's who I would be. Yeah. But Luke Evans, his Dracula is like, he's about family. He's about protecting what's his. He's mm-hmm. about, you know, listen, I'm going to fight. I'm going to get my son back. I'm here for my family. And mm-hmm. he's a warrior. He will do anything and absolutely everything, including becoming a fucking blood-sucking vampire and save Mm. his entire village of people only to have them hate him.
1: Yeah, that's true. That was a major... That guy was super... That was a big um, plus in his call. I I feel like I, I killed him off too early.
0: He would probably be my... Like, I absolutely love him. I'm sorry, David, but... It is what it he is. He feels
1: betrayed. David feels very betrayed. Yeah, I'm sure. Somewhere he's just like, ooh.
0: yeah. He was just. Oh, such that's a fun true. Person. I remember.
1: Okay, all right. Sorry, I just googled so that I could see, um, what Luke Evans and Dracula looked like. Yeah, he was he was pretty hot. I killed him off too early. Upon retrospect, because in my mind, all I could see was in <laughs> Luke Wilson as a vampire, yeah. which, by the way, is hilarious. <laughs> He should totally do that. Wow! Wow!
0: <laughs> That's his first words as a vampire. Oh my god! Wow. That's a, oh,
1: wow! I love <laughs> it. No. mirror. here's the thing. I love Luke Wilson. I just have a thing for him. I don't know why. I always, I just feel like he's the chillest, coolest, like person. I don't know. I just love him. Anyway. So. That was
0: fun. Yeah, I thought that was it was a nice a little, note to end I, on. I, I thought it was really interesting. I just wanted to see like who was sort of like take the cake for yeah. you. Who was the who mm. you who you were taking to your coffin, I mean, and who I am taking to mine?
1: Definitely the tall, hot Swede. What are you gonna do? Um, Although it was really close with Celine, maybe I wouldn't stake her. Maybe I would like fake stake her with like not a real. You'll fake stake. stake
0: her, or or lie and say that you did. <gasps> Then and then we have a like a little lover. bit of like
1: yes absolutely that's what i choose i choose eric northman to take to my coffin and then Celine to be my mistress until he finds out and he's angry for a little bit of time and then he decides that he can have probably just take both two both of hot beautiful I don't, I don't think,
0: mistress brides i don't think Celine would be cool with that but
1: yeah she seems a little territorial
0: um but i can see eric being chill with that so I mean that's
1: cool. I mean both of them could be there to service me. Exactly. The five foot four, <laughs> slightly chubby, formerly husky, uh, normal average looking human
0: <laughs> that both of these freaking Olympian gods and goddesses are gonna serve. Exactly. And I'm gonna have that's my real. vampire king.
1: There you go. Totally attainable. Exactly. All right.
0: Well, that is our episode for tonight. That
1: is our episode. We have finished our, our glasses of wine.
0: The blood. We finished our blood. Our blood. Yes. Our blood. Yes. Um, and we just want to thank you for tuning in on this night. And I will have you know that my uh, patio door just opened by itself.
1: That's true. It did. Uh, we were in sage, creepy. though, before every episode. So we're good. We're all right. We're cleansed. We might be burning some more.
0: You just... there. There isn't another episode. That's it. This <laughs> is the end. Happens.
1: You never hear from us again. We disappear.
0: So, thank you guys so much for tuning in tonight. It has been our pleasure talking... Uh, Uh, vampirism with you guys and going over all of this information uh we look forward to our next episode
1: follow us follow us follow us we have almost 70 followers on instagram that is sad i know there are more creepy people out here (laughs) we love every single one of you 70 and we want to meet all the rest of you so follow us we are the haunted heart podcast on Instagram, and we are, our email is thehauntedheartpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any sort of feedback for us, if you hate us and want to send us hate mail, send it there.
0: Yes, review us, um, please. Send rate.
1: us Yes, rate and review us on iTunes, you guys. We, right now, um, since we just started, obviously, we don't have enough like ratings and reviews to actually have an actual rating, which is good. Um, <laughs> but go, go give us five stars if we entertained you at all. Um, and leave a comment and pass us along to your friends. We're like, literally just beginning and we have we know no one and you know we will live on word of mouth. So. Yeah,
0: and you know, in the I mean we've got a lot of great stuff still planned for you yes. guys. Lots of really fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, we have been sort of talking about maybe going to a few horror cons or at least one yes. in the future. Yeah, to meet you guys. Um to sort of maybe spread the word of the Holland yes. Heart. Maybe yes. meet a couple of really cool people. Yeah um so so be on the lookout for that yeah definitely we will keep you posted so thanks again and as always stay Stay creepy. creepy